The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Hey, well, I mustn't have been paying attention When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question? And I listen more attentively There must have been something in all of that nothing that wasn't quite okay, good. easy to see Alrighty. Well, how you guys doing today, huh? I'm glad you guys are doing okay. I guess everybody's all rested up from the election, but I'm not. I had to put a paper out at 5.30 this morning, so I'm working on like four hours sleep in the last three days. That's okay. We're going to get through the show, and we're going to hopefully entertain you and educate you at the same time. As promised, you know, there's there's something to be said about elected officials and politicians who give their word and keep their word. And I asked both of the candidates that were running for mayor before the election if they won, if they would come back and do a monthly Methuen Mayor's Report on the Paying Attention podcast. Neil uh, said he would be glad to do that. Uh, I don't think you were actually glad to do it, but you did say you would do it. (laughs) I did. Yeah, I am glad to do it. And and so here we are. We are at the Thursday podcast after the Tuesday election in Methuen. And wow. Wow, we haven't had a chance to go through like all the results and stuff, but all I can say is, wow, that was that was one hell of a landslide election. Uh, sitting to my left, your right actually, um, is uh, newly elected. It's Mayor-elect Neil Perry. Neil, thanks I'm for joining still, us. I'm still getting used to that, you know, it's, hearing that. Yeah, it's kinda, right? Yeah. yeah. Has, now, is, it, is it weird or is it uh, nice? It's very weird. It's yeah. nice, but it's very weird. Yeah. You know, I'm still... Waking up, same routine every day, yeah. you know. So Now, what is your routine? Like, do you get up? Are you strike me as the kind of guy that, like, yeah. get up and jog six miles no. and then eat, like, uh, drink, like, you know, super, like, fruity, juicy, yeah. foo-foo stuff yeah. and yeah. tofu? And no, that's that. not no? true. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I wake up pretty slow, Tom, to be honest with you. Um, so after 38 when, years... When you're of, as old as we are, yeah, we all, we I, all I wake up slow. I, so I, I wake up every day at 5.15, whether I set the alarm or not. Oh boy. That's the benefit of 38 years working. I was still up at 5.15. Yeah. 5.15? Yeah. yeah. Wow. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. The first 15 minutes, and uh, John and the campaign team know this, I have to sit on the side of the bed and kind of collect my thoughts because at my stage of the game, i got to think about who am I, what am I doing, right. you know, what's the plan for this the day. This bedroom doesn't look familiar. That's right. <laughs> no, I've never said that. Don't say that. <laughs> no. Um, it, sometimes. That's the, cur- that's the current mayor. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm yeah. confusing the two of you. <laughs> but, you know, if I don't have my glasses on, that could be true because right. I can't say anything. But, um but I'm an early riser. Um, my current health kick has really been promoted by the campaign. So the campaign helped me. You know, I, I, I'm down 27 total. Wow. From one, so I started, you know, actively campaigning in May. And I was 234. And I'm at 207 as we sit here today. Wow. So that's the good news. So that's weird because I heard Dan Shibolo gained like 30 pounds. During the election, so <laughs> I'm, not I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that out loud. That I, was, that I, was wrong. I think of he me. lost some weight. I think he lost some weight. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what I want to do in, in during this, uh, this is your first Methuen Mayor's report. First of many. Of many. Right. We're doing this monthly, right? Well, yeah. Um, but the, you're not really mayor yet. No. So I thought maybe we could <coughs> chat a little bit about the election and maybe some things you know moving forward. Um, for those who are uh, following, um, in the at-large race, we had DJ Beauregard came in third. Yep. Nick DiZaglio came in second. Correct. How the hell did that happen? I have no idea. And I think it's because his name is DiZaglio. People just vote for it. <laughs> if Adolf Hitler changed his name to Bill DiZaglio, he'd win overwhelmingly in Methuen. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Jessica Finicaro topping the ticket, Jessica, who was yep. running around telling everybody for, for months, I'm going to be lucky to come in third. I'm in such trouble. Trouble. They're all against me. Everyone's against me, and I kept telling her, "People are against you because you're a because you're, you're a friggin' leader. You're a leader, and you've made decisions, and you've pissed people off. And when you're a leader, you 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 make enemies. So you should wear those enemies as a badge of honor. Yeah. And because it was her first kind of reelection, and she hadn't really, you know, she she she's still kind of new to this, right? Yeah. Um, I don't. She think- she could have a little Irish blood in her, like us, though, right? The Irish be. we prepare for. 
the bad news right, and then yeah, anything right. else is it's a bonus. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, right. Uh, in the in the in the East End we had Una Ziegler mm-hmm. and Steve Saber who and you don't have to comment on this if you want, but for my regular listeners, um, I have to tell you, I didn't address it at the time, and I'm just gonna address it a little bit now. Um, I, I I thought it took an awful lot of balls for East End Councilor Steve Saber, who tried to have this show taken off the air, who tried to have this show shut down to actually show up at one of the debates and be entertained by this show that he tried to have shut down. And Dave Graffalo came over to me and said, you want me to throw him out? And, you know, every fiber of my being said yes, but it was really just entertaining looking out and seeing him sitting there enjoying my show that he tried to shut down. So I said, no, you know what? Let him sit there. I kind of see this as as an accomplishment for me to look out and see the guy that tried to shut me down. That he Not only did he fail, but now he's enjoying the entertainment well, that we're providing. Well, it also fortifies your uh, status as an independent journalist, really, in well, my mind, right? Yeah, so you're, sure. you're allowing people who criticize you to come in and watch. And, yeah. you know, that's an important point because, um, you know, I made the comment during the last debate uh, that come Wednesday morning, come yesterday, there's no more Team Canaan and mm-hmm. uh, Team Perry. Now it's Team Methuen. And we really kind of have to focus on that going forward. And I think, you know, some people – Sit and hear that, and they say, "Oh, it's gonna—he's gonna try to make it all, you know, motherhood and apple pie." That's not the case. People are gonna disagree with things that I want to do with the city, um, but we're gonna have, you know, transparent discussions, and and we're gonna respect each other, and we're gonna arrive at decisions that are focused on what's best for the city at large. And I've said that a million times, right? And I'm looking think, forward to it. I think we got to kind of do that. I'm looking forward to sitting here every month with you, and talking to the the citizens about, hey, here's here's what's on tap. Here's what we're doing. Here's here's the issues we're facing. Here's the good things that are happening so that there's uh, more communication, which is one of the things that we did talk about during the campaign, mm-hmm. right? That the average citizen of Methuen doesn't really get the full picture because they can't help it because not all the information is released to them. I mean, you get a lot of job. fake news out there, you too. Do. So, you I do. mean, you've got that fake news blogger who, it was amazing. <laughs> and and I, I would mention his name because you know me. I don't care. I'm not afraid of anybody. Yeah. But you had Tim Wood out there before the election who was writing stories to make his friends look good and to attack the people that were running against his friends and saying, oh, no, no, I'm just a journalist. I'm just a journalist. I'm just trying to educate the public. Yet on election night, you would think if he was an actual journalist, he would have posted the results or something, anything, and there was nothing. There was, yeah. it, it was, he had no interest. Once all of his candidates lost and all of his candidates lost, he had no interest in educating anybody all of a sudden. I think that kind of said it all. So it's got to be hard when you're a candidate and you've got members of the so-called press, um, like a fake news blogger, out there pretending to be real journalists that are just writing hit pieces all the time. Yeah. You know, And, and, and when you, no matter who the candidate is, you're trying to get your message out and then you have somebody obfuscating that. Yeah. And that's got to be tough. Well, how, did, think, how did you deal with that? You know, so one of the things you, we've got to focus on going forward, Tom, is um, you know, there were a lot of stuff said and done during the campaign that were based on quote-unquote rumors, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, in this day and age, and, and I said this at one of the town halls, I don't know if, you know, the rush to 24-hour news and, and social, I mean, you know, social media has caused a lot of that, mm-hmm. right? People want to be first with a breaking story, you know, and so they'll throw anything out there, un- unverified. It used to be a time and a day when we used to verify certain things <laughs> before we- I remember that. Right, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, to me, that's the biggest, um, one of the biggest black eyes from the campaign is, you know, a lot of stuff was said and done based upon I heard or, you know, rumor this, right. and, and we're, we're better than that, right? And so- um, I know the I other, am. The, you are, and the other part of that is the other part of doing this every month is to try to keep that at a minimum. Right. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and try to bluff you every month. You know, if, if we've got issues, we're going to talk about those issues, right? Right. So and, that and, the people understand the issues. And you know right? that I mean, we get along well, but yeah. I am going to call you to task when I think you're as wrong. you should. And I'm going to do it the same way I do. You it did with, it during the debate. Why would you stop that, now? That's true. Right? That's yeah. true. Yeah. I did do it during the debate. I got my ass kicked for it afterwards too. You got to be careful of Jen. I, I think I hit from her for three days after that. Yeah, she's tough. She she's is tough, tough. But yeah. you know, you you would be well to have her in your in your administration yeah. because she knows the players. She's a yeah. lawyer and she gets it. She yeah. totally, totally gets it. Yeah, that's it. the question I've been asked most frequently the last <clears throat> forty eight hours. So a lot of people tell me you should be going away. You should be shutting off your phone. I actually went back to work uh, this morning because uh, well, were people looking at you like, what is he? What doing are you doing? Here? Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. What is he doing? Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, um, Scott, was after 38 years, you know, you get used to what you do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, for me, the, uh, we've set up some transition meetings, so start transition planning next week. And I did have a call with Mayor Jajuga earlier today, 
it was a very cordial conversation, and he's. Uh, I, would very- loved, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall during that conversation. <laughs> no, he- <laughs> See, I would have loved that. Oh my god! <laughs> Next time, can you just quietly conference me in, just so I can? That was that wasn't my fault that I coughed. That was Tom's fault. Making me laugh, one. right? Um, he was very nice and very cordial, and uh, we set up uh, our initial meetings to kind of talk through some stuff. So people ask me, you know, what are you going to do personnel wise? I haven't even started thinking about that, to be honest. With you. I'm still, um, you know, it was, uh, this was a grueling race, and it took a, a lot out of me. And, and I tell you, um, y- you know, I can sympathize with your sleep story because I, I haven't yet got back to a normal sleep pattern. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the night, it was so uplifting, the night of the election, and I was so caffeinated. Mm-hmm. Um, that I hadn't slept the night before because of anxiety. Right. And then I over-caffeinated the day. Right. And so couldn't get a good sleep that night. Right. And then I was expecting it last night, but I woke up a lot. You know, yeah. I kept falling asleep, kept waking up. So I'm looking forward to You get no sympathy from me when I, know, I, I go know, sleep, I let I me know. tell you. It is what it is. It was crazy. Because everybody was saying on election night at your party, yeah. good, now we all get to go home and relax. I'm like, yeah. What do you mean we, Kimusabi? Yeah. I got to go put a paper together for the next 24 well, hours. Not only that. I mean, so to me, it, you know, I would say um, phase one stopped right. that night. And right. now phase, now the harder work begins, right? And somebody I have great respect for posted on Facebook today, you know, the election is hard, but the governing is harder. It is hard. Right? And and that's, that's, that's a true statement. So... Um, you know, I, I don't want people to misread this, you know, the statement that we're going to try to focus on the positive because there's going to be times when we disagree and we're going to have to have those disagreements respectfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to be, you know, I'm going to use forums like yours and I appreciate this to kind of communicate messages to the people. And, uh, you know, if I make a decision that people, um, you know, don't agree with, I would expect people to be in the room and say, hey, explain more about that. Well, one of the that. things we're going to do. Uh, and we are going to have it coordinated for the for your next Methuen Mayor's report. Yeah. Is not only do we have people who are live coming up and and, and throwing questions yeah. on Facebook. That's why I bring my computer with me. But also, Dave's got a remote mic. Mm-hmm. So if there's a big issue going on, maybe you know teacher layoffs, whatever. Yeah. And this place gets crowded with bit. people who want to ask real questions. Mm-hmm. We can give them a remote mic, and we can actually have somebody in the audience just kind of like yep. monitor who gets the mic next, yep. and just let you take questions if you. I would love that. Doing that. I would love that. I mean, that's transparency. Listen, yeah. I give you credit just for showing up. The last mayor didn't show up at city council meetings. Didn't show up at school committee meetings, from what I understand, was never in his office, and from what my friend in the audience tells me who lives in his neighborhood, he's never in his house either. He's usually in Haverhill or Salisbury or wherever else he actually lives. So just to have a mayor that shows up, people, I think, are going to be thrilled by that. Yeah. And and I'll be there. So I'm going to go to the city council meetings. I'm going to go to the school committee meetings. I'm going to actively participate because those are things I campaigned on. And so, um, you know, I appreciate what you said at the beginning. People are going to find out that um, when I give my word, I keep it. And that's going to be a tone we're going to set going forward. And that, you know, we're going to talk to all representatives of the city that, you know, giving our word and keeping our word is going to become an important part of what we do. Right. So now you're going to be hitting the ground running in mm-hmm. January. It's going to be obviously a very awkward transition between a Jajuga administration and a real administration. Um, what I, I asked you this on election night, so maybe we can talk about the things we didn't already talk about for those who are always following us. Um, what are the things that you plan on hitting the ground with in, in January? You've got a lot of big <coughs> things already on the plate before you even step in. Yeah, so, so I, and I think, you know, uh, when we did the live uh, stream the other night, uh, you know, what I kind of gave you as feedback is kind of where I'd, I'd go to start. So to me, everything starts with, um, so I, I'm looking forward to a smooth transition, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I talked to the mayor today. My plan is to talk to the CAFO. Uh, shortly after that, and to talk to uh, Sean Cronin the, uh, from the state, kind of get their feedback, and kind of start ground zero from a, f- uh, you know, I've talked about a forensic fiscal analysis, and I think that's extremely important going forward. And um, that is like mission one. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to put together a transition plan, because you're going to find I'm a very process-related kind of person. Listen, so, I love that. Yeah. That's music to my ears. Yeah. Music to my ears. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to take a look at all the various... Um, you know, aspects of the city government and analyze them and take a look at them and how they run. We're putting together a questionnaire for each of the departments as part of the transition plan. And uh, the thought is um, we're going to meet early next week, my strategy team, and we're going to put together a detailed transition plan. And we're happy to share that with people if they're interested to talk about what we're doing and what information we're trying to put together. 
But, you know, for me, it all starts with understanding the financials. And not that that's the only thing. Um, you know, f- for the viewing audience, I mean, today, to me, is an important thing. Right? Uh, we, I committed to you that we would do this monthly. It's just because you love me. I do love you. But, um, oh. you know, I, I want to sit here whether things are going well or not going well. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the change going forward. Um, and, you know, I... I was elected by the people. I work for the people. And so we have to answer the questions that the people have. It's more important that we're communicating to them. And I think, you know, in this day and age, that's a, a preeminent right of every citizen to understand fully what's going on with the city government mm-hmm. and how it's representing them. And so it starts with uh, the financials, but it also starts with the integrity piece. And I'm not going to take any shots at anybody, but I think... Oh, no, please do. This is the place to do it. This is the place to take the shots. You're going to stop making me cough. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, Ed. Um, So, um, you know, as I went door to door, and and so I I would tell you, um, you know, despite all my anxiety the night before the election, um, we heard common themes, and I think you've heard this. When we went door to door, there was a lot of... And the police contract was one of them. But the other thing was... um, Conflicts and transparency. Those were themes that kept repeating. And I said this in the debate. I don't know that people believe it or not. Those aren't themes that Neil Perry came up with. Those are what the citizens were feeling. And that's right. what they wanted to talk about. And so those become the issues because that's what the citizens care about. I call that the Diana DiZaglio strategy. When she first ran against Dave Teresi way back when, um, she would go door to door. And she'd call me and she'd say, people are asking me what my platform is. She says, and I'm just telling him, I'm not here to promote my platform. I'm here to find out what you want me mm-hmm. to do. I'm going to be your representative. But I, people don't get it because they keep saying, yeah. well, well, what do you want me to know about you? And she's like, no, no, no. It's what I want to know about you. <laughs> and so I think, I think that's a great strategy because I think so many people at every level of government, people are very, very jaded about the people who represent them and think that, yeah, they're going to knock on my door, they're going to tell me what I want to hear, and then they're going to do whatever they want when they get in. Absolutely. Well, think about it. I'm not going to get off on national politics, but what's the preeminent mood of the people in the country on national politics? That politicians do what is in their best right. interest versus what's in all of well, our both, best interests. Both parties both have sold parties. us out. Yes. I've, so I've said that a number so, of times. I, you know, you, you got to worry about that. And so that's, you know, um, you know I'm going to stick to everything that I talked about. So... Um, the forensics, like I said, the start of the financials, but also um, reestablishing the integrity. And and all kidding aside, doing things like this monthly, you know, I've thought of other communication vehicles, addressing the city website that people can understand what's being discussed, when, where, why, and what the options are for the city. Mm-hmm. Those are all important pieces of being more transparent and letting people get involved in our government. So, so now have you sat down with – and, and a- I can't imagine that you haven't, but you no. might not have. Have you sat down with Chief Solomon with all of the discussion about police contracts and there was one candidate that talked about mismanagement on Hampshire Street and all these conspiracy theories. Um, have you sat down with Joe and talked to him about any of this stuff? No. You haven't? No, not yet. So, uh, but that will come, uh, so that's in the plan, you know, to me that's part of the transition plan is all of the department heads, not just Joe Solomon, we have to have a sit down and kind of a walkthrough of of all aspects, and not just the, I don't want you to think just the financials, but all aspects, the personnel, you know, what things are working well, where are you budgetarily, you know, against, because they're midstream in their budget, right? right. So where, where are they? Uh, what are the personnel issues? What other issues are you facing? And that's what we're coming up with a questionnaire for them. We're going to give them, <clears throat> ask them for information, excuse me, um, and use that to focus a discussion with each of the department heads. And we're probably going to have, um, I'd say like four different focus transition teams. So members of my strategy team will be involved with different areas of the transition plan. Now, they don't know this. You know, John, just look at me in the audience, but that's kind of how- We tried to get her up here. She wouldn't come. I know. But that's, well, I trust those people. Yeah. And uh, they gave me good advice, good advice all during the campaign. Um, when things got most frustrating, they were really there for me mm-hmm. um, and they helped me through and their advice was solid. Um, so we're going to go to the well one more time, and we're going to use members of the strategy team to kind of work with me and the department heads so that I'm not – multiple pairs of eyes are looking at information, and we will bring in, um, you know, subject matter experts in certain areas. And I will reach out and include, um, you know, um, newly elected city councilors 
to kind of get their feedback as well sure. so that they feel part of what we're trying to develop here and understand the fuller picture. Of- a bit, that's a big change from the current mayor who doesn't even show up at meetings. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and so, you know, um, all of that transition planning, believe it or not, and you probably figured this out, there's not a lot of time to do that. You know, there's it's a blink calendar of, it's wise a blink of an eight eye. weeks, yeah, right? It's a blink of an eye. But it goes by with the with the two holidays. You really have six hard weeks, and right. so we've got to focus a schedule, and we're going to put together a plan. And like I said, we'll have it by next Wednesday, and we will start publishing. Okay, here's what we're going to do here, and you know, uh, before I come back, we'll be able to share that with you so that you can talk to the viewing audience about what it is. So. One of the things that we talked about during the debates, and we talked about an, a, an awful lot outside of the debates. Um, was the issue of homelessness. Mm-hmm. And um, I was pleasantly surprised last night when we were at the TMF Family Dinner for the Homeless in Lawrence where you showed up with food and clothes and you weren't there to give a speech. Like every other politician that shows up goes over to Mike Gorman and says, hey, can I say a few words? These people are homeless. They can't vote for you. Uh, but you didn't show up asking for You didn't show up to try and get in a photo op. You showed up, you donated food, you donated clothes, and then you put on gloves, and you went and you served people food, like, mm. like everybody else that donated. It was an there. awesome experience. Yeah. I, 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 I got to be honest with you, and, and um, you know, you and I have talked about that a couple times, uh, not just in debates, and uh, Mark had talked to me, and I wanted to do it before. Um, the hard part of uh, doing what I was doing campaign-wise was working and campaigning, right. and it was exhausting. Uh, plus, but, if you, plus, if you went yeah. before the election- yeah. People would say you were doing it because, you're, because yeah. you're running. Yeah. And so the fact that you did it the day after the yeah. election to kind of set a tone and say, hey, yeah. look, I'm a hands-on guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my gloves on. I'm going to go out yeah. there. I'm going to do what needs to be done. Yeah. I saw, and I saw a great need. And so, you know, I, I'd like to I, – I won't lie to you. I'd, I'd like to see that done in Methuen too. Yeah. And so I think, you know, one of the things that we've got to restore is – and I know a lot of people – I want to be careful with my comments because I don't want to offend anybody. But I think, you know, that, that – um, that community spirit that drives taking care of your brothers and your sisters is extremely important. And we've got to get back to that in Methuen. We're so focused on the negative um, that it's time to turn the page here. Right. And to me, you know, more than anything else, you know, I'm not sitting here tooting my horn saying 71% of the people said Neil Perry, he's terrific. That's a mandate. You well, can't even It's a mandate, but it's a mandate for that. change, right? right. So it says we don't like the way things are going. And part of that is all the negativity that we've had. And so that mandate for change is let's let's do some good things. Um, and I loved last night. I, I got to be honest here. I was my hands were really cold. I won't lie. I I spent the whole time serving, thinking about these poor men and women and where they're going to sleep. Right. Because uh, it was it was pretty darn cold. When it's over, you and I go home to a, to a, a warm Correct. house, and they go to a cold tent. Correct. And. Um, I, I can. Yeah, tell I went you. home and I dialed up my Nest thermostat to seventy two. <laughs> right. I, I was like, right. what? Yeah. So uh, you know, a big shout out to Mike Gorman and TMF <laughs> and Deb Carberry at the Someone Cares Care Packages um, and all the people who are in the community who are not looking for votes. They're not looking for thank yous. They're not looking for pats on <laughs> the back. But they. I'll, I'll put this out. This no, is no, it's not you. Um, but what they do is they they see a need. They see someone who's a human being. Some of them have felony records. Some of them are sex offenders. Yeah. But they're still human beings. They're on the street, and they they're hungry, and they're yeah. cold. Some of them and, are addicts. Some right, of them are, right. right. And so what they do at, at TMF Family Dinner for the Homeless is they've partnered with Veterans Northeast Outreach. In case a veteran shows up and is homeless, we can get them into a unit that night. Right. Um, if, you are, if you are addicted, Tuxbury Detox is there. And if you need a bed, even though it's usually like it takes you know a long time to get a bed, right? But we've got connections. And they had the health check there last right, night, which yeah, was very the impressive. The health van was great. I, there were a couple of folks I saw from the city of Methuen. You know, mm-hmm. Jill Stacklin was there working, and that you know, and she's there every week. Yeah, she's I know. There. there were a couple of people that showed up because I think Mark posted it on Facebook that mm-hmm. you were there. Mm-hmm. So people who are fans of yours from Methuen kind of showed up to see what you were up to. I have to. fans. Your fans, yep. All but right. but uh, but Jill Stacklin is there every single week. And she's there serving. And not only is she at TMF feeding the homeless, she also uh, helps out with Core Unum and a couple of the others. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great group of people. And if we could replicate that in the other communities, Methuen, Andover, North Andover, what happens is right now if you've if – you've, and it's, we talked about this during the debate. If you've uh, been working your whole life, you've been paying taxes, maybe you got a $300,000 home in Methuen, and something bad happens. Your wife throws you out, you lose your job, and you become homeless. Not that we've experienced that. Right, yeah. 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 Um, all of a sudden, 
there's no place in Methuen that will give you any services, food, clothing, shelter, anything. And you've paid taxes your whole life to that community. And you and they've got to be shrugging their shoulders going, well, what the hell did I do that for? Right. I mean, with all the services, there's nothing for me. So where do they end up? Right. They end well, up in Lawrence. And not only that, the um, and, and I agree with you. And, and, you know, now that, you know, I'm standing there last night, and it won't be the last time for me either. I'll be back. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're coming into the cold weather months. And, and so I would say to the viewing audience, um, you know, if you've got extra. So what I did was I went around my closet and said, I never wear this. I never wear that. Um, and some of them were terrific, brand new. Yeah. Basically, I hadn't worn. Uh, why not give it to somebody who, you know, can use it and protect them from the cold? And as we head towards the holidays, what better way to show, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I've got um, a good friend of mine, Linda Harvey. She does uh, Debbie's oh, Treasure Chest. She, she does a great another, job. Another great organization. And she's got warming night coming up, so I saved a couple coats for her as well, okay. right? So I put a plug in for her. Uh, I was tremendously impressed with Mike Gorman. Yeah. He's the real deal. A 26-year-old kid that... After all of the bloviating by politicians at election time who pretend they care about the poor, Elizabeth Warren, who has represented Lawrence for six years and never even once picked up the phone and called Daybreak to see what she could do to help them, but yet comes to Lawrence and campaigns and pretends that she cares about the poor. Every single one of these Democrat politicians, because they are all Democrats, right? And yet it took this 26-year-old kid to get a bunch of Lawrence Latino kids from the projects together who themselves have only a little bit more than those homeless people Going out and finding people in need and giving them blankets and giving them food, hand warmers, sterno cans, whatever it is that we can get to them so that at least they're not suffering. And that's the thing. Like, you know, you don't want to enable someone who's addicted. You don't ever want to give them money. If someone's homeless, never give them money. (laughs) But go through a drive-thru and get them a number one at McDonald's and bring them some food that that they will eat. And to see this 26-year-old kid just defy everything. While Lawrence City Councilors are having years of meetings and meetings upon meetings about meetings as to how we can help the homeless, this kid just got a bunch of people went out and said, okay, let's just and go feed it. them now. And there's They're an hungry impo- now. Let's just go feed them now. There's an important lesson there, right? So, And it's not lost on me. You can plan all you want. Right. Right? Sometimes you just have to execute. Right. And in his case, he he he... He said, I know how to do this. I can start this. And he didn't start with any grandiose scheme. He started. We had no idea it would get this big. Correct. We had no idea. Correct. And I was impressed with the whole thing. And uh, Mike Samard stopped by. He was on duty. And we did the circle. He's always helping. It was moving. It really was moving. I I can be honest. I felt better going home. So to the viewing audience, you know, think about some of these places. Think about TMF. Think about Debbie's treasure chest. If you got stuff at home, you know, that's gently worn. Let's right. say that 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 others could use. Let's donate it, right? Let's right. start. Let's make a a drive here. But right? please, please, if you're going to do that, don't go out and buy anything, because what we've run into is there was a guy on the street that had no. He had he had sneakers that were falling apart. It was last like November. It was very cold. It was snowing, and he said he needed shoes. So I posted on Facebook that his size was nine and a half, and he really needed shoes. So someone was actually shopping at Kohl's when she saw it on her phone. Bought some nine and a half shoes, brought it down like an hour later, showed up with shoes. And a week later, I ran into the guy's name was Gary. I ran into him and and he was wearing the old sneakers. And I said, it's snowing out. Where are your shoes? Oh, I sold them for drugs. So you never want to give them anything that's new because that's currency on the street and they'll use it to buy drugs. What you want to do is something like you said, gently worn, something that's not really sellable, but wearable and usable. And those are the kinds of, the, I'll tell you what, the one thing I get asked the most from November on is sterno cans mm-hmm. because they last forever and they will heat someone's tent and it will allow them, if someone gives them like a can of beans or something, they can open the can of beans, but they're cold beans, and they can put them over the stern right. and they can, they can cook Although them. I will say that, you know, I was the hot dog and bean guy last I night. I saw the, that, The yeah. beans weren't that popular. The hot dogs were tremendous. I thought the popular. beans were great. Yeah, yeah. Me too. You know, the other great thing, not to stay on one subject, but the other thing about great thing about TMF is the kids that are serving the food have almost as little as the people they're serving. And they were all positive and upbeat. And huh? they just have such a great attitude. So at the end of the night, we always try if there's food left over... We try to give it to the kids that volunteer because they're going home to empty cupboards. All right. And uh, and to and to see that dynamic in the city of Lawrence when all we generally hear is negative um, is great. But to see a guy like you come in and say, yeah, this is something maybe we can replicate in our Absolutely. town, that that's tremendous for the entire Merrimack Valley. Agree. I got to commend you. I really do Thank because you. we never once saw Jim Jajuga. We never once saw him. And Dan Rivera, who's the actual mayor of Lawrence, has tried to shut them down. So... You know, to finally have a leader in the Merrimack Valley, I, I got to take my hat off. Well, so, so 
to say to the citizens, you know, I, I was tremendously impressed with the whole organization, not just the, the startup. When the night was over at 10 o'clock, uh, you could not tell anybody had been there. Right. All the trash was picked up. Everything was put away. It was nice, neat, and organized. And I think that's important, right? Because too many times people think, oh, you know, if we, we've got homeless people, they're going to leave a mess behind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what I saw. No. We, I saw our committed volunteers who left the place looking every bit as good as it was when we first got there. And mm-hmm. that was truly impressive to me. So we've got to do better, especially, like I said, with the cold months coming. Once you've wrapped your head around all of this mm-hmm. stuff and you've gotten past your transition, I'm going to introduce you to somebody who's as awesome as Janadine Natalie. Okay. She, her name is Kat. That's a tough challenge it, right well, there. You are going to be really impressed. Yeah. You're going to be really impressed. Her name is Carrie Wyland, and she runs a place called House of Mercy in Lawrence off Bay State Road. And I, I have to tell you, I've been in almost every community in Massachusetts. I've never seen anything like this. It's a daycare center for the homeless. Wow. So if you are sleeping at the at the daybreak homeless shelter, they kick you out at 7 in the morning. Or if you slept in a tent last night and you get up the next morning, at 9 o'clock they open. You can take a shower. They'll help you do your laundry. They'll feed you lunch. Um, people drop off clothing donations there. So if you need new socks, if you need new underwear, they've got tons of stuff there. And if you need transitional housing or if you need to get into detox, Carrie knows everybody in the business. Yeah. She can make a phone call if there's a 30-day waiting list and she can get you in that day. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to introduce you to her, but I, I'd love to. I don't want to inundate you no, with too I, so, much stuff. So, so. I, I mentioned uh, warming night and that's uh, coming up this month. So we're going to do that. Um, and I'm going to go back to TMF and we're going to figure out a way that, you know, once I'm no longer mayor-elect, I'm mayor, how do we do this you know, in Methuen, and how do we do the same kind of thing that they're doing there, right? right? Truly impressive. I, I, I loved it. That, so. That's great. Um, I could sit here and talk about uh, homeless too. stuff all day. Yeah. Um, let's transition a little bit. You're going to be chairman of the school committee. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hated all of your answers during the debate. I, I also Appreciate hated, that. I also hated your answer the night that I interviewed you, the night that you won. And <laughs> I'm, probably you. Gonna, I'm probably going to hate your answers again Thank today. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. But um, you're going to be chairman of the school committee. There's a lot of shenanigans going on there. There's a lot of shenanigans going on in that school system, mm-hmm. and you're coming in, and we haven't been able to unearth what some of those things are because the previous school committee did no investigation, let Junie Scannell walk away with a pension, yeah. and so now what everybody wants to <laughs> that what everybody is saying, and with all due respect, you're also saying is, well, we got to move forward for the children. Let's just move forward, move forward, which is admirable. But if you don't know the cancer that's there, that's spreading, that's inside the system, yeah. if you don't if you don't address that and, and identify it, then moving forward, you're building a house up on a cracked foundation. You're going to have problems later yeah. on. I, I don't think, you know, so one of the things I want to explain is I think going in, there's certain things like the financials. Um, and I hate to keep going back to that, Tom, but that, it's the easiest example. So putting that ERP system in, as much as I'm a little concerned, I, I don't want the citizens to think it's a panacea. And I think I said that during the debate because I, I work at a company that has an ERP system and, and, and a lot of smart people. And, and, you know, the first year that you put it in, it's, it's difficult. It's like uh, learning to speak a foreign language. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the decision was made to procure the system. I'm going to support that. I don't want the citizens to think that's the panacea, like I said. We've got to do much more. Uh, and active involvement by the mayor on the school committee is one of the things so that he or she, so he, mm-hmm. now that we know, understands you know, the issues that the schools are facing. I think the answer that I gave that you didn't like was, uh, would I go back and reinvestigate? And, and my answer to that was, you really got to be careful. It was, it was a no without saying no. It, it was not a no. What I said was you have to be So I, I have a contractual mind. That's what I do for a living. And so we have representatives of the city who have made a, a settlement agreement. There may not be the avenue to do anything other than that because people representing the city, and you know, my answer to you during the debate was you know, all the way up, even now as mayor-elect, I really don't have standing. I'm just another citizen right now. Granted, I'm mayor-elect, mm-hmm. but um, once but you've already become- done more than the last mayor did, and he's already <laughs> mayor. So yeah, so just saying. I, I'm just saying we can look at it. I, 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 my answer was I don't want to promise anything, and I'm not talking retribution or anything. I, I think you you look at it for what caused it, and the deeper look of that is around. Um, we do have the results of that audit. Right, that say it wasn't all special education. Right, right. So if you remember the first I answer, was, I got skewed right, every time right. I said it wasn't four million dollars for special ed, and I had people skewing me, calling me a liar, saying yeah. I was making it up. And yeah, you've seen the audience. Yeah, I did. I did yeah. too. So, and and if you remember during the campaign, and the people that knocked door to door with me would tell you the only time that the uh, police contract 
was not number one in the houses, was a two to three day period when the front page of the Tribune had uh, the audit results. Mm -hmm. So for a very short period of time, the compass kind of moved back to schools. Uh, yeah, the schools and that the overspend. And, and one of the things that we have talked about is a lot of people think that the police contract is responsible for the financial condition. We can of thank the, city. the Tribune for that. That fake news, right? Well, in publishing that number gets people all emotional. Mm -hmm. That four number, right? Right. So reality, you know, we borrowed money because the schools overran. That's right. the source of our financial. There was issue. money to pay the cops. There wasn't money to pay the schools. Correct. So we we've got to you know we've got to take a hard look at. Um, the results of the audit is my answer to you and what caused that and how, you know, does the ERP system help that? I think it does. Um, but to, you know, I'm going to keep saying, I don't think it hundred percent solves it. And so, right. uh, well, it's only a tool for you guys to be able to see correct. what the real reality financially is right now today. Yeah. And then once you have that, people can't lie to you at meetings. Right. Well, if the CAFA was here, I'm sure she's saying her position also. You should right? bring her to the next mayor's report. Um, I will invite her. That's yeah. up to her whether she accepts or not. Right. So, and I look forward to work with her. Um, you know, she's got oversight. So if you look at, you know, before we had an auditor, but, um, you know, the school books and the city books were, were separate. Uh, there was not oversight from the auditor to this school budget. Mm -hmm. They kept their own thing. And that's a problem, right. especially when it's, uh, what fifty-five to sixty percent of your city budget? Right. So you know, carrying a couple of line items in the, the larger sense is not enough to show you that the train's going off the track. So there's the positive of you know the system and the CAFO taking a look regularly, like monthly. So one of the things that I'll ask the CAFO when I sit down with her eventually is, so what are we going to look at every month that tells us that the school? This is the answer to your question. How do we how do we not repeat the mistake? Because to mm -hmm. me, making the mistake is one thing; repeating the mistake is unforgivable. Right. And so we've got to take a look at, you know, what the budget is for the schools and where we are, what the staffing is for the schools and where we are, and how visible is that? And that should be done, you know, regularly. We have, we have a mind. question from the audience wants sure. to know uh, how you plan on saving the loop. I guess there's a, there's been rumors and all kinds of stories yeah. going around that the loop is getting ready to fail, which is usually yeah. what causes something to fail yeah. when people start saying it's going to. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have any ideas? Do you have any plans on? I, mean, I got a bunch of ideas. Uh, uh, um, you know, I have not started executing on any of them yet, but I would tell you that um, one of the ones that I, I used at one of the town halls that seemed to have a lot of positive is, I don't know if people have experienced King's Bowling in Burlington. Yes. So it, uh, it's, not, it's not your grandmother and grandfather's bowling, right? It's a much more social um, – and, in fact, a lot of people do uh, uh, events, holiday parties, uh, you know, um, bride and bridegroom events there. Um, so they've got one in, in Burlington. It's constantly jammed. Uh, we need destinations like that. And I'm not ready. So part of that falls on the mayor being a big cheerleader and the city council being big cheerleaders and how you get businesses in here. And um, I'm not ready to say because the Tuscan marketplace is going in here and Riverwalk is going to Lawrence that the loop is going to fail. I don't think that's the case. I think if we're smart and we put the right things at the loop, uh, you've got people that are going to be coming from distances to go to the Tuscan marketplace. You've got people coming from distances to go to Riverwalk. And when there's crowds, you know yourself that people like to go places that aren't too, too far away to eat, to relax, to see a movie, can, to do whatever. Can right? you explain what Riverwalk is? Because everybody keeps talking about this new Riverwalk. The only Riverwalk I know is the one in Lawrence. What's well, the? Yeah, that's. I'm talking about the one that exists in Lawrence. And oh, okay. Sal's right. going to add to it. He's going to, you know, he's got that plan to put. Um, what do you call it? He's got like a sports stadium going to be on the top. Right. And he's going to and and he's done a great job. Amazing. You know, uh, single, I, he single handedly saved Lawrence Salopoli. I don't know if it's single, but he's done a one hell of a job. We got to admit that. And and so to me, you know, that says you know when I turn and look at the citizens of the Methuen, that that tells us that you know you don't throw the towel in. And I use the example in in debates and in town halls. Look at downtown Haverhill. Look at downtown Haverhill compared to five years ago. It was a ghost town. Yeah. And it's not anymore. And right. now it's bringing people back. So we've got to focus on things, uh, whether they're restaurants or uh, events or venues that people will come to. And, and that, you know, to me, having people come to Tuscan Market 
from a long way, Tuscan marketplace or whatever it's called, uh, is a good thing because that's going to bring more people into the region, right? And and to meet, that's an opportunity for Methuen to have events, places. I said Kings. Uh, we talked about Trader Joe's, mm -hmm. right? Uh, now I, I'll, I'll say this: I don't mean any, yeah, I'm not a big Trader Joe's guy. My kids love it. Yeah, I'm not love a big it. Trader Joe's guy. Either. Yeah. I'm more uh, of a TGI Fridays kind of guy. I'm a Wegmans kind of guy. I see. Everybody keeps telling me my distributor at the, oh for the Valley goodness. Patriot calls yeah. me one day and says, "We just got a contract with Wegmans. Do you want to get into Wegmans?" I mean, I don't even know what a Wegmans is. Oh my god! You, you, she says, "No, you got to get your paper into Wegmans." And I'm like, "I don't even know what it. I'm yeah. not going into a yeah. place. I don't even know." You go to Wegmans is on Third. I think it's Third Street in Burlington. It's it's a grocery store, but it's more of an experience as a grocery store, yeah. right? So. Well, it seems like everything is just becoming merged. Every business is merging with another business. I never thought in my life I'd be pull <coughs> I'd be pulling into a Taco Bell and having them have a Kentucky, Kentucky yeah. Fried Chicken yeah. in the same place. Like, how does that even work? Yeah, can I confess my guilty pleasure? Sure. I, I love both of those places. Uh, Taco Bell, KFC I'm there every Taco day. Bell. I, I'm a big, um, you know, taco guy. Me too. Um, you know, it goes back to my early days when I was teaching. Mm -hmm. um, I love tacos. I love Me Taco too. Bell. I love KFC. It's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Mexico Lindo is a great uh, business in Methuen. They don't advertise, uh, but I do eat there frequently. Um, and they advertise I, on my Sunday morning radio Oh, show. they do? Yeah. All right. Well, good. Then. I'm yeah. glad we gave them a free plug. Uh -huh. uh, we have a qu another question from the audience. We do have some time uh, about residency checks in the schools. Now, Janet yeah. Natale, who worked on your campaign, we yeah. covered a story last year, where, or two years ago, where Jana had put up a SurveyMonkey survey online asking people about residency checks in Methuen, and she got savaged. Yeah. She got savaged by the school committee. They had an illegal executive session where they said they were going into executive session to talk about litigation, and all they did was beat up on Jana, telling her she had no right to do that. And so now we've got a mayor who I think is kind of on the same page as her on that he issue. Is. He is. Um, how, do you, how do you plan on tackling that? Well, so my only point to the citizens is before you get on – so why would we want our tax dollars spent on kids from other cities? Right, right. That it's a simple, it's a simple. Th it's not a personal thing. You know, I'm I'm not anti-children. No, but you it's, know it's going to get turned into a racial thing. Uh, you know that it's got nothing to do with that, right? So, and, and I mean, that's immediately when Nick Dizoglio went. Well, when that whole issue came, uh, up. oh, it's all that, about it's all about race. That's it's not, not about true. race. It's not about race. It's it's all about doing the right thing. And and so you're going to hear that. You know, I, I think. Um, his brother used that as a slogan for the school committee, do the right thing. This is do the right thing. You know, our class sizes are too large. So the solutions we face are pretty straightforward. Either we make sure we have an aggressive plan to make sure the students are all ours, mm -hmm. and they are. Then we have to face that from a budgetary perspective. What do we do going forward? Right. Right? Um, or you partner with your school resource officers and your schools to have a more aggressive plan. I, I plan on being actively involved in that, to be honest with you. Good. Because... Uh, everywhere I've gone in the city, I've heard feedback from the residents saying that's an issue for them. Sure. So. sure. I mean, I have a lot of parents who've called me over the last two years saying, you know, they see people's New Hampshire plates pulling up and dropping their Correct. kids off. Now, uh, in fairness, though, there are situations where there are kids who have parents that have split up. And yeah. mom lives in Methuen, but dad lives in Salem, New Hampshire, and dad had them this weekend, and yep. he's the one dropping them off on Monday morning. So we have to kind of factor that. I don't know how I we completely understand. That. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there are also kids who, people who brag that their kids go to the Methuen schools, and they live in Methuen. I mean, they live in Lawrence, or they live somewhere else, and they're not in a split family, and that's not yeah. the situation for yeah. them. Well, I think part of the answer is, you know, somebody had said to me, just check all the Uber. You know, coming and in this day and age, I mean, to your point, things have changed. You know, we have even when you have two parents in the home, a lot of cases both parents are working, so the kids get to school some other way. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a better plan than just you know, let's check everybody who takes Uber. Uh, I could see us getting criticized for that. Yeah. That's not where we'll go. We need to come up with a a more aggressive plan, partner with the school resource officer to physically, you know, verify certain things mm -hmm. and 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 act on it. And, and that, to me is a mandate from the city. And I, I heard uh, uh, Nick DiZaglio's wife, who we're not supposed to talk about, even though he talks about it and she gets she gets involved herself, posted on my Facebook page and said, um, yeah, but it's going to cost so much money. And so my thought was, yeah, but look at the money we'd be saving. If we find 100 kids in the Methuen schools that shouldn't be here, look at all the money we save by kicking them out. Well, and, and so it is. And so uh, not to backtrack, it isn't just about money. Right, so our class sizes in Methuen, and you know, I've listened to the teachers; they're too high. What's too high? Uh, I think it averages twenty-seven. Is that not twenty-seven? Yeah. So twenty-seven. We have to have a whole conversation about that on a different day. 
Yeah, we do. 27 is not too high. It, it, I, had 40, I had 40 kids in my classes at Lawrence High School. And I got we, news for you. We got a better education then than we get today. <laughs> well, remember, I was a bilingual teacher for four years, three and a half, and I taught three grades in one classroom, um, and I had 38 kids, and I sit here and tell you it was, it was p- controlled pandemonium. I had one um, teacher's aide. I, yep. I don't know what they called it, administrative aide, and it was chaotic trying to keep 38 you know trying to do reading groups and different learning levels and things like that it all depends on what you want um what's the end result you're looking for right to me 24 25 is is the max number you want to hit i don't know i see kids go to college and they're sitting in an auditorium with 350 other kids they seem to learn just fine that's different college come on all right. Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll have to have that conversation another day. You and day. I will go sit in study hall together. All right. Listen, All right. I, 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 I just know that I went to Lawrence High School. Yeah. I got, a, by the way, a great education at Lawrence High School. Yep. But I had 40 kids in my classroom, yeah. and I hear all these classroom discussions about class sizes, and to me, it just seems like a, a move by the teachers' union to try and get more teachers and get more yeah. to, get, to get more dues, because I don't think it has to do with the number of kids in the classroom. To me, it has to do with the fact <laughs> that you can't discipline a kid in the classroom anymore. So if you've got 35 kids in the class, and five of them are disruptive, but the teacher doesn't have the authority to throw them the hell out... Then yeah, then that becomes a problem. But it's not the number of the kids in the class; it's the lack of, of ability to control the classroom. Well, and, and, and you know, it'd be easy for me to agree with you, but I'm not going to. Why not? Um, because I think we part can just of move the, on to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Because um, I think what happens is, um, you know, um, education when we were younger, Tom, was really focused on just one target audience. And I'm talking public education. It's mainstream target. And the, the high end and the low end were kind of left to fend for themselves. And I think we've come a long way with our approach to that. And so now the schools are trying to uh, reach people at their level, mm-hmm. students at their level, I should say, not people. And I think that's one of the things that's an improvement over education when we were there. Um, and you can't do that with 30 kids in a classroom. That's my opinion. Um, but mm-hmm. we, you know what? Um, Maybe a good show would be have some teachers with me, and we'll have a discussion. Well, on that's that. the beauty of of doing them through a mayor's report is you can bring anybody you want on I any given that. week. So if you want to show up with the police chief and talk about some new police initiative, if you want to show up with the fire chief or the superintendent, or even just teachers or or DPW workers that want to come in and talk about something that's going yeah. on, this is this is this is the vehicle to get Absolutely. that done. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, we've got about, what, 10 minutes left, uh, my fine, fine producer, Ed Sullivan? Yeah, I'll probably. Have you recovered from all the debates? Well, they were exciting. Yeah. But yeah. have you recovered? You, you, you put in as many hours as I did. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm almost recovered, yeah, but okay. I didn't have to put out a newspaper. We, we did miss you Halloween night. <laughs> yeah, Halloween we night. What we, happened? We couldn't get all the way through the paying attention song at the beginning. I, Twice it croaked. Yeah. I think the producer wasn't paying attention. <laughs> That's exactly right. And, you That's know, exactly by, right. by the way, you know, <laughs> if you want to find Tom, you'll have to go to detention, not study. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. I was in detention a lot when I was in high school. But I got a great education out of Lawrence High, uh, except for the math department was just awful. I still have to count on my fingers when I when I do math. Um, but uh, I had a great history teacher. And, you know, for uh, all let's of- write that down. We won't put Duggan on the transition yeah, you team of the financials. You don't want me yeah. anywhere near anything that has to do with counting because I'll be doing <laughs> this the whole time. Um, so can we let's go back to, like, the campaign a little bit. I think sure. this has been a really healthy discussion. Yep. Um, if you don't mind. I don't mind. I saw that first headline that came out in the Globe when you got attacked about your... And you don't have to even talk about any of the details, but I just want to talk about the overall stuff. And I I saw it, and I read it, and I thought, wow, like, this is the reason good people don't go into politics. This is the reason why you have people who are professionals, they've got a great career, they're very smart, they're very well-educated, but they see that stuff. And they think, why would I step in and run for city council of my, my hometown? Why would I run for school board when they're just going to drag up something that maybe happened and maybe didn't happen yeah. and try and destroy my family, destroy my life? I, I, I couldn't even yep. imagine. I winced when I saw it thinking about you yeah. reading it for the first time. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I won't lie. Um, it, it definitely hurt. Um, but uh, I was more concerned for my kids. Yeah. And uh, he's a good I, father. Yeah, and so you know, I say this. I'm going to keep saying this. So in the first place, uh, none of that was true. Uh, I mean, there's a Raytheon employee here. 
in the audience, and you know that was I was flabbergasted when that came out. You're not a rapist like Harvey Weinstein. No, no. Well, and, and so comparing me to, yeah, I mean that's, you know, we're so much better than that. Yeah. I mean to get down to that level, um, and somebody sent me a message, a, a little picture um, from Socrates that said, "When the debate is lost, the slander begins," right. and it was really uplifting. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I went to, um, we went to a couple events over the last weekend. Where I'm a lot of people I didn't know. You know, we went to this Methuen hockey fundraising dance, and we went to um, music bingo. I, I I was kind of embarrassed. Right, my team helped me, saying you got to keep going. You know, because we knew I know it isn't true. Um, I was uplifted by so many people, strangers coming up to me saying, "We are so impressed that you didn't." Um, Shoot back. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, the typical thing is... I would, let me tell you, if that was me, I would have nuclear bombed her into the next century. <laughs> you have no idea what yeah. I would have done to that woman if she had done that to me. Yeah. And I stayed quiet on it, by the way. You'll know yeah, that. I didn't chime in on that issue, but I had a wacky sister. I, I have a wacky stepsister that I insulted on Facebook, and she filed a restraining order against me. This was last summer. Yeah. And the cops came, and they took my gun license. They took my gun, and I had to wait 10 days to appeal it. And I get in front of the judge, and we pull out the printouts, and she shows it to the judge, and he says, well, where's the threat? And she said, well, I feel threatened. Isn't that enough? Yeah. And he's like, uh, no. So we dismissed it. So now I'm reading the story yeah. about you, and I'm thinking... God, I know we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty in this country, but aren't we innocent when proven innocent? Yeah. Like, have we lost that concept yeah. completely? Well, and, you know, I, I didn't think of it until you just said it. So uh, not only did, have I maintained a secret security clearance, but I have a license to carry. Right. And I carry. Right. Um, and as you know, when a restraining order is processed against you, you lose, you lose it. it. Yeah. Um, and I never lost it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I say that uh, I'm, you know, one of my concerns is, you know, will it dog me for the whole two years? Will people, and, and I just say, I, I would hope, you know, the results show me that that we're far better than that, right? right? And I started saying, and I think I said, that, I don't know if you were at the party by the time, never has a father been proud of his kids. Never. My kids did an exceptional job, exceptional job. And, and they, you know, this was no staged they turned the narrative. They turned the narrative yeah. around. They turned was, the narrative the, around. The campaign didn't stage this for them. They came to the campaign and said, "Hey, you know, we we want to say something." Um, and within an hour of the first thing going out, they got my and my kids don't all live with me. Um, two of them still do. I don't know if I'll ever get them out. <laughs> um, I have an empty room <laughs> that I'm renting out. Um, and, uh, it's a thousand know, a month in North Andover. You can't beat it. See, I'm not even taking any rent from them. That may be part of the reason they're still there. Well, that's there's your problem. And um, you know, they got together and they put a response out, and then they didn't feel that was strong enough. And so the video came, and the video has been viewed by over fifteen thousand wow. people. That's almost as good as my ratings. <laughs> it's it yeah. And and uh, I was you know the first time I, I won't lie to you the first time I watched it I cried. Wow. Because I was truly impressed Proud that dad. They, they did. Yeah. yeah. And so out of all of this, you learn that the life lesson you learn is you teach your children every day in everything you do. And um, I did this for all the right reasons. And, um, you know, election night, my kids came up and told me how proud of me they were. And I said, the hell with me. I'm proud of you guys. Mm-hmm. That you, you had to live through something painful that we went through together 20 years ago. Somebody brought it up for political gain. And, and it was disgraceful. Did, yeah. It was disgraceful. Yeah. Listen, it would be one thing if you, if the if a TRO had been taken out against you and the judge for whatever reason decided to to extend it. Correct. That would be one thing, but the fact that it was it got thrown out again, you're innocent when proven innocent in, right. in this country. Um, but speaking of being proud, mm-hmm. um, I know I was extremely proud election night yeah. of Ali Safi. Yeah, yeah. And I I saw you beam when you got the Beaming. results. I don't know because if I was happier for her. me or happier for her. I, I have right. to be honest. I was much happier for her. Yeah, because of I, course. Because as a, first of all, as a, <laughs> as, a, as a young woman who was facing a bully like like Bill Bryant, yeah. who was doing all these things that he was he was lying about his conflicts, he's telling all kinds of stories, and and she just went, put her nose to the grindstone, put the work in, hit the doors, did what she had to do. She didn't make these grandiose claims. She didn't, you know, she didn't lie about her background. She didn't try to obfuscate things. She just did the work, and she won, which I yeah. thought was just amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. See, I've never had, uh, I haven't had any um, 
what's the correct word here? I haven't had any frequency with Bill. Yeah. Uh, so I can't call You're him lucky. A, a bully. But uh, I would tell you, <clears throat> I was a little bit um, taken off guard by his comment during the debate when he said, um, when you push them for who they were sporting, and he at first demurred, right. and then he came around and he says, well, I've been involved in all these things for 25 years, and I haven't seen this guy. Who is he? And I thought, you know, that's, that's a little bit uh, disingenuous, right? Because uh, I've been involved in a lot of things. Here we, call it, a, here we, here we call it a lie. <laughs> no. Well, not a lie, because um, I think one of the things you always have to be careful of, and not just in politics, is um, your social circle. You can be doing things um, and, and not participating in the social circle, right? So mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of volunteering. I always have. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna volunteer at the Festival of Trees a couple of nights this mm-hmm. year. Right? I won't do what I've done in the past, but I believe in the, the organization and what they do. They do so great gonna, work. Yeah, I'm gonna give them a, you know, I'm gonna keep doing the uh, the TMF homeless thing, mm-hmm. things like that. We should be doing, uh, but just because I don't see you there doesn't make them any less valuable. Right. right? This is all about a personal experience, and you. You can't judge somebody until you sit in there, walk in their shoes. What he wanted you to do was to go check in with him every time you showed up, <laughs> so that that way he can monitor your involvement. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, you had uh, the, one of the other things during the campaign. We got about four minutes left. Mm-hmm. Um, you were accused of being Sharon Pollard's puppet, mm. and that she was the evil puppet master behind the scenes, pulling strings and all this garbage. Yeah. Um, and you've somehow found a way around that. You know, in the past in Methuen, that has worked. In the past, tying someone to someone else who's unpopular just because they're holding a sign for them or because they're helping them in some way has worked. And when that started, and I'm still hearing it today, I'm still hearing people that should know better, Mr. Gillis, um, talking about how you're Sharon's puppet and you are Sharon yeah. Pollard and she's really yeah. calling the shots. Yeah. Um, can you address that a little bit? Because yeah, I, 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 will. Still, I, still do, I still don't get that at all. I mean, I. Uh, well, listen, so, so the people who know me. And the people who don't know me. So one of the things that I'm, I'm looking forward to as I move into this job is uh, I'm going to be the mayor of Methuen. Not just the mayor of the people who voted for Neil Perry, the mayor of Methuen, mm-hmm. the whole city. And I'm going to show everybody, not just the people who supported me, that uh, I am a man of my word. And to me, you know, that starts, you know, we talked about the TMF thing. That starts, that doesn't, you know, I don't have to wait till January 1st to start that. That starts, I live my life that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and these people, even the people who were so vehement against me, are going to see that they may disagree with certain things I decide. But I'm going to make this. I'm going to make the decisions. The buck will stop with me. Sharon Pollitt's not going to have a position in this administration. All right. I have great respect for her. She was a good mayor, no matter what people say. She never lost an election. All right. I had. I have a relationship with her because. Uh, she didn't solicit me to run. She didn't, you know, we, we are friends through the Festival of Trees uh, because we share mutual interests there. That's it. When you build a campaign team, and I say this candidly, I'm a businessman. What I knew about politics going into this, other than what I was taught during the campaign by some, um, you know, I, I looked at people who knew her husband, Tom, uh, her, uh, Jana, um, you know, there was Mike Solomon, a bunch of guys and gals. Tina Tuma Conway, former city clerk. Phil. They, Phil. Phil the future. Yeah, I, I had you take a picture of him. I love that. Election night so that nobody would have to Photoshop him into a photo with me anymore. <laughs> I love that. And you know, the funniest thing about the Photoshop picture is if you look closely at my hands, they're women's hands. Right. And so that's, I, I have skin I cancer. I thought you were going trans on me for a minute well, when I saw that. I'm okay with that, but I have skin cancer. And this, you can't hide that bandage, right? And And so- you know, if you look at my hands and their shoulders, if you look them close enough, you can see this pink nail polish on, yeah. the, on the end. And uh, I like pink. I'm a big fan <laughs> of pink, but uh, not for nail polish for me. I get it. Uh, but, you know, the best way to show people is execution. Uh, I'll, I'll use Mike Gorman as an example. So, you know, um, will I ask Sharon questions? You betcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's experienced. Will I ask other people who, uh, who weren't for me questions? You betcha. Right, this is all about getting input from lots of people. Um, I'm a big believer in diversity. Um, the best idea is the one, the, the worst idea is the one left unsaid. Mm-hmm. And so, if you you create an administration where people feel comfortable giving their inputs, 
um, then you get to better decisions collectively together. And you're better than I am. You'll probably even sit down with a guy like Steve Saber and and try and find out where you might have common ground on I stuff. So, yeah, I would never do that, but you're a better guy than I well, am. Well, and I say this. So, um, you know, I say this. He, he went on that other program and talked about all the things he didn't like about me. And that's his right as a citizen, but um, I'm still going to work with him. And we're going to make decisions in the best interest of Methuen. I want to give a big shout out to uh, Nina and Climate Design Systems. She's a sponsor uh, today. Also, JG's Ice Cream. We love JG's. I should have grabbed some on the way in so I could hold it up. Um, thank you to Ed, our fine, fine producer. Thank you, Ed. Who, uh, who's been with us throughout the entire... Our studio audience, thank you very guys for coming. Give yourselves a round of applause. All, Except all, for Scott. All one of you, yeah. all three of you. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be maybe the first week of every month. We'll get to the first Thursday of every month here. Absolutely. Love and it. we'll give you free reign to do what you want. It's going to be Love your it. show. Yep. And uh, we will see you guys next week. We're going to have a special guest in the studio. And by the way, tomorrow... I'm gonna. I made a cameo in a music video, in a rock music video. It's gonna be released tomorrow on YouTube. Jenny Teeter's uh, new song, "Daughter of the Devil," and it was shot in Methuen at Route 110 Convenience Store. Our friend Hasmi let us use his shop, uh, so keep an eye out for that. Heroes in Our Midst Volume Two will be out before the bash, and the bash will be March 27th. Melvin Taylor says we got to go home, so go home already. Thank you, guys. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.